appreciate you young people. God has blessed us. God has blessed Chapel Hill with so many talented people in so many different ways. And, you know, everybody hears different and responds differently and things like that can can move and touch in different ways. So I pray that the Spirit of God spoke, that you were not so much watching, but you were listening, that you were listening to His Spirit as He moved upon you this morning. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me over to the book of Acts. We're going to we're going to kind of be there for a moment. Acts chapter 1. We've been reading Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 since Easter. We've been reading the, the continuation. You know, Scripture is so good that the gaps are full. We don't have to wonder what happened. He clearly tells us. Luke is writing there. Uh, Dr. Luke is writing Luke, and he continues on here in Acts 1. Read with me. It says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up into heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he had presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So Luke continues writing his letter here to Theophilus in the book of Acts, we get the rest of the story. What Jesus began, what we saw last week on the resurrection day on Easter morning, Acts picks up as the church goes on their marching orders. Jesus came on a mission. He completely fulfilled the work that he came to do. And in Acts, we see the early church began. We see all the way back then what God started. And look around us today. I mean, God is still doing an absolutely amazing work. He uses men and women. He uses us to be His hands and His feet. Here, the disciples ask a question. Go down with me in verse 6. He says, when they had come together, they were asking Him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of heaven? Again, notice their question. Their question is a here and now. Their question is so short-sighted and limited. They wanted the Roman government and Roman authority that had oppressed them for so long. They wanted them to get what was due them. They wanted this warring king to come and take over. And in their question there, is it now that you're setting up the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus responds in verse 8, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epics which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but, and this is where we're camping out today. We're going to bounce off of this. Listen to this, church. If you're a Christian in this room, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, then you understand exactly what this is talking about. This whole morning, you will understand as we look at the life of Peter before the Holy Spirit fills him and afterwards, you will understand and you will be able to look at your own life and see the times that the Spirit of God clearly says go or do or stop or don't and we do or don't anyway you will see that look at what he says but you will receive 
power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even the remotest parts of the earth. What Jesus came and started continues here. We see it just branch out from Jerusalem, Judea. It starts in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Notice, remember Samaria, they were, them and the Jews were, there is no racial tension, period, that exists today in our culture that is nearly as strong as the Jews and the Samaritans. Hardcore hatred, hardcore disagreement, hardcore, period. And notice, Jerusalem, Judea, through Samaria, Judea in the uttermost part. And God's commission, God's command, God's work continues. But it's when the power, here's the deal, the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian here today, you have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God indwells you and He speaks and He nudges and He corrects and, and, and guides and leads. He, he wakes us up and, and, and just says, hey, do this. And throughout our day, we seek to obey Him. We seek to walk in obedience to Him. Have you ever found yourself in a situation to where, as a Christian, here's the deal, as a lost person, and we'll see in a few We look at society, we look at our culture, we look at all of those around us and we wonder how can they continue doing that? How can they keep on acting that way? How can they continue to call evil good and good evil? How can they continue to just be oblivious and and, and run over laws and run over rules and run over? How can people act that way? Guys, it's because they don't have the Holy Spirit. It's because they don't have Christ living inside them. They do not have the Spirit of God indwelling them. You and I as believers, and I pray, I pray, listen, I pray. Looking over this room, same, pretty much this is what I looked over first service. And I can only pray and hope that you have a relationship with Christ, that you know Him. It's not just a whole lot of mental facts, but you know Him, you listen to Him, you seek Him, you want to obey Him and honor Him in the days and the moments and the instances which happen more often than not when we fall flat on our faces and we get back up and He dusts us off and He puts us back out in the game and we say, Lord God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I should have, but I didn't. I knew I shouldn't. I knew I shouldn't have, but I did it anyway, God, and I'm sorry. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, the power of God will come upon you. And guys, listen. When a person trusts Christ, the Holy Spirit changes everything. Everything changes. Our wants change. Our desires change. Our passions change. You know, A lot of people, and it's very false nowadays, they say, hey, come get Jesus and things will be better. No, it won't. It won't. Bills are going to continue to come. Cancers can continue to grow and people we love will continue to die. Life continues to happen. But what changes, what changes though, is everything that matters spiritually and eternally. I asked the question out there, if you were at the car show, guys, appreciate y'all so much. The message of the cross is going out. The gospel is going out. I pray that you, this week, allow the Spirit of God to speak through you and you're not.
You don't quench it, but you move forward in it. But last yesterday, I was, I was sitting there, and I hadn't thought about this. I mean, God just kind of speaks. And I, and I was out there, had the microphone during my time, and I was, I was talking. And, you know, on, this, on there, we had cars back 1911, 1920s, 19— I mean, they, we had some old cars. And we're having to do everything to, to take care of those cars. We're having to put new parts on them, continue to fill them with oil, and continue to keep them going— the only thing that's going to last forever on this hill yesterday was people. And the only thing that's going to last forever in this room right here is us. Either in one or two places. With Christ or eternally separated from Christ. Those who've trusted Jesus, those who have a relationship, those who look at Christ as you are my Messiah, they see this and they're saying, that was my Savior, that was my Jesus, those were my sins, that should have been me, I deserved that, but you took it for me, and by faith I receive. And there are people who will look at that, they are people who regularly look at this Jesus that we worship and love and know is our all, and they look at him as if he's foolishness. Because things of this world are more important. And you say, well, how can a person be that way? How can a person, it's clearly Christ is better, clearly what God has to offer is better, clearly doing it God's way is better. How can a person look at Christ and be so rebellious? Because the Holy Spirit changes everything. If there's no spirit, there's no conviction, there's no salvation. If you can just go and go Oh, and do, and do. Let me show you in Scripture. We're going to use Peter this morning. Peter's who we're going to look at. Turn back over to Luke. Luke chapter 22 is where we're going to be starting this morning. And we're going to see, we're going to see how a person can say one thing and be something else with absolutely no conviction, no remorse, no care, period, and just run right through it because there's no Holy Spirit. And... Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 54. Jesus already has been arrested. Jesus has been taken off. And, and remember, Luke, in Luke we read, Peter has done said, Jesus, I will stand up for you. I will die for you if I have to. I will go to, the, to my grave in your defense. Really. Verse 54, having arrested him, they led him away and brought him to a house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. And after they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. Notice this. And a servant girl, not a Roman soldier, but a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him said, This man was with him too. What did Jesus, what did Peter done promise Jesus earlier? I will, I will go to my grave for you. I will stand up for you. I will fight. I will do whatever it takes. And here's an opportunity for Peter to step up and say, yeah, that's my Lord. And what does he do? What does Peter do? Here's an opportunity. Little girl has done come up and said, you were with him. It says she's been intently looking at him. She's just like, Huh, I know him. I know. I, you were with him. What's he say? But he denied it. 
He denied it. He denied it. But he denied it saying, woman, I do not know him. Have you ever denied Christ? We all do. If you're a Christian, every single one of us in this room, we do it. We're sitting at the checkout line at Walmart. We're at an event like yesterday. We're at the ball games. We're at a travel ball. We're, we're, we're doing all of this summer activities with our kids. And the Spirit of God, you're, you're remembering back to a sermon. You're remembering back, hey, that preacher the other day, I, I didn't really like what he said because he's getting on to me. And I'm like, man, i, I got to do better. But, Lord, I know, I wanna, I, I know Lord, I want to be obedient to you. And, and God, I want to walk in obedience and be your hand and your feet, and the Spirit of God is sitting there saying, hey, invite your neighbor. Ask your neighbor where are they going to Easter. Invite your, invite your co-worker. Invite your classmate. Invite your friend. And you're sitting there, and the Spirit of God is just like churning inside of you saying, do it, do it, do it now, do it now. Here you are. You're alive. You woke up for this purpose. I have swung the door wide open. And us as believers, here's exactly what happens. We don't walk through it, and guess what? We feel like dirt. We're like, oh, God, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry. God, forgive me. I knew I should have. And we, we ride home, and the, for the rest of the day, we got this sickness that we're just like, Lord, I'm so sorry. God, give me another opportunity. And we start praying for boldness, and we start praying for, Lord, I want to be more vocal, and I want to be more outgoing, and I want to be more like you want me to be, God. I, I'm tired of living. Have you ever been there? That's a normal thing, isn't it? You know why we have that? It's because we have the Holy Spirit. Because look at what Peter does. Peter, Peter's done told Jesus, I'll go to my grave for you. He's done, remember before this, before this, he's done pulled his little knife out, cut the ear off of a Roman soldier. And Jesus was like, stupid. You don't do that. And he picked the ear up and he put it back on. It's like, that's not how it works. See, he was trying to do it in his own strength. We wonder why a lost world acts like lost worlds. They do it in their own strength. They're doing it without the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Here, Peter, before the Holy Spirit came, he, he says, I'm not, I don't even know him. Keep reading. A little later, verse 58, a little later, another saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Time after time, keep reading again, after about an hour passed, another man began to insist, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said to him, Man, I do not know what you're talking about immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. You know what, if the rooster hadn't crowed, he would have continued to deny and to deny and to deny and to deny and to deny. Why in the world? How could one of God's own selected chosen vessels how in the world could he sit there in the face of listen he had done pulled his knife out and cut the ear off of a roman soldier how in the world could he he to a little servant girl be scared how in the world to these other guys be scared here's why because he don't have the power of the holy spirit you wonder why the world can continue to get further and further and further and do worse and worse and worse things because they do not have the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God comes, everything changes. Go back over to Acts, Acts chapter 2. 
day of Pentecost, it happens. It literally happens. This same Peter that we last see, Jesus looks over at him and, the, and, and he's convicted. And the Bible says over in Luke 22 that he goes off and he weeps bitterly. In Acts chapter 2, we read when the Holy Spirit literally comes. And listen, church, there's a reason that we've been given the Spirit. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Here's the deal. The power that we have through the Spirit of God enables us to do what God desires us to do. Lost people cannot do what God desires them to do because they do not have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit inside of them. The good that we do, it's Christ in us. Therefore, if anybody... Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The power of God is to be able to make right choices and listen to and be sensitive to the indwelling spirit that leads, that nudges, that directs, that convicts, that corrects us and leads us in that. The power of God is for us to be his instrument. The power of God that we've been given by Him is for us to sit there and to be His hands and His feet. Hmm. And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be a really good person. It doesn't say that. The power of God will come upon you and you will be a really good person out there. and You'll pay your taxes on time and you'll be the best employee the world ever had. And you will be the greatest mama and the greatest daddy and you'll be the greatest student and son and daughter. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you're going to be a really good person. That's not biblical. We can be really good people for Christ. And that's all that matters. There's really good people doing really good things, doing really helping and feeding and serving. You know, here's the deal. They can spend all their money and then go off to foreign countries and give all their monies to dig wells and to feed people and to save lives and to stop trees from dying and to save baby snails and to connect and fix the holes in the, in the solar system and all that junk. And if they don't know Jesus, they're lost. You'll receive power from the Holy Spirit to be my witness. You'll, be, you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit to, to be my instrument. To, to be able to, instead of, notice the difference. We've just seen Peter. We left this Peter the last time we see him. Was running off and weeping bitterly. Yes, Jesus has the moment by the sea there and he's cooking breakfast and he says, hey, if you love me, tend my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. If you love me, feed my sheep. But notice what happens when God comes. Chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they appeared to them as tongues of fire 
distributing themselves as they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Some of you are like, oh, there I go. There's my Pentecostal power. There's my Holy Ghost unction. But let me, let me chase a quick rabbit for you and clarify some things. Using the Word of God and not the traditions of men. What does the Bible say? Notice this. Very important here. Verse 5. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. It was known tongues. It was not babbling. It was not random gibberish that nobody ever understands. It is known languages that takes place. Keep looking. Verse 7, they were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. So let's bring it to today. There was Chinese and there was Spanish and there was English and the English person was hearing it in his language and the Spanish person was hearing it in his language and the Japanese person was hearing it in his language and the Chinese was listening to his language and all the languages, they were hearing it and someone was understanding it. Because the, what's the purpose of it? And you'll be my witnesses. Guys, if, nobody's, if Christ isn't being glorified, then it's a waste of time. If Christ isn't being lifted up, if he's not the center of it, it is a waste of time. Whatever man's traditions are, whatever the world's ways are, Scripture's very, very, very clear. Let's get back to Peter. Notice this Peter, verse 14. Holy Spirit has come. Remember, we see him there around the campfire, and all the people are coming to him, and one after the other after the other. I do not know him. I do not know him. I do not know him. But notice what happens here. When the Spirit of God comes, everything changes. Verse 14, but Peter, taking a stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. Go down to verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in the midst, just as you yourselves know this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hand of godless men and put him to death but God raised him up he wasn't scared anymore he's not ashamed anymore he's bold why where did this come from it's the same exact guy nothing's happened except a span of time and the Holy Spirit came 
It's the same Peter. But when the Holy Spirit comes, everything changes. We can no longer deny him when the Spirit's there. We can no longer bow down when the Spirit is there because he's going to be eating you up. He's going to be saying, this isn't you. This isn't what I saved you for. This isn't how you ought to act. When we run off at the mouth and show our ignorance and the Spirit of God is sitting there saying, that's not who you are anymore. Praise God. Everything changes when the Spirit of God comes. But when we look at the world and we see how messed up the lost world is and we say, how could they just continue? Here's why, church. Because they don't have the Spirit of God living, them in, living inside of them. They don't have the Holy Ghost correcting and stopping and, and limiting and, and showing and guiding. When we're sitting there, praise God for conviction. Praise God for the Holy Spirit that says stop. Praise God when He says go. Praise God when you walk and a person's laid on your mind and you're like, I ain't thought of them in forever and I just, uh, I'm going to give you a call and you call them and they're like, man, I've been thinking about you and you're like, wow, that was really lucky. That's God. Let your life be led by the Spirit. It's not chance. It's not luck. We as believers, we don't have chance and luck. we got the Spirit of God that we're either listening to or we're disobeying. Keep going. Look, what Peter does, go over to chapter 4. Uh, notice this, very, very interesting. A lot of stuff. You've been reading chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. You've read this every day now. Very familiar stuff. This Peter ain't, ain't just a pushover no more, is he? This, Peter is, is, this Peter's a bad dude. Look at verse 1 of chapter 4. As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, came up to them being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail under, until the next day for it was already evening. Listen, notice the difference. The little girl was like, hey, you're one of them. And he's like, no, I'm not. The Sadducees, the leaders, the high priests, they come to him and said, hey, you're one of them. And he's like, yeah, that's me. Let's go. There's a boldness that the Spirit of God gives. There's a change that takes place. We're not the same. People say, people's living like the world. And they trust Christ and make Jesus their Savior. And guess what? They continue to live the same then let me tell you what that person did not do. They did not trust Christ as Savior. You cannot continue to live like you did and be a Christian. You cannot, I'm, I'm living a lost world like everybody else. My life looks like everybody else. So you're telling me Jesus will make things better? Yeah, bring it on. I'll get some of that too. But I'm going to continue to do my life my way. Then you're still lost. You cannot have the Spirit of God in indwelling you and continue to live as a lost person. Now, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do stupid stuff. All right? Raise your hand if you've done stupid stuff recently. Praise God. Praise God. Because the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you're still lying. Okay? Because you did stupid stuff and you're just quenching the Spirit of God. Praise God. He doesn't let us continue to go and He gives us boldness. Turn over. Turn over. They, they, notice what he says. Notice what, notice who he's talking to. 
Verse 5, on the next day their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. And if you actually go back and look at who arrested Jesus and who judged Jesus and who straight up killed Jesus, listen to some of these names. We're only talking 40, 50 days later. All right, we're not talking years. We're not talking kingdoms have not been handed over. New kings have not been ceremonially, ceremonially entered into kingship. It's the same folks. Listen to these names. And Annas, the high priest, was there. And Caiaphas and John of Alexandria and all who were of high priestly descent. And when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power and in what name have you done this? Then Peter, no longer in his own power. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, rulers and elders of the people, if we're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead by this name this man stands here before you in good health he is the stone which was rejected by you the builders but which became the chief cornerstone and notice verse 12 church and there is salvation in no other else no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. It is exclusively Christ and Christ alone. There is no other name. There is no other way. There is no other ability. There is no other goodness. There, I don't care what religion, what denomination, what anybody thought or taught or teaches or whatever. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. And when a person puts their trust in their faith in Christ, Christ, everything changes because when the Holy Spirit comes, everything changes. I pray this morning, listen, I pray this morning that you know Christ, that you ain't playing church. You can play this thing. All you got to do is dress up, stand up. You ain't even got to tuck your shirt in. You can look like the world. You don't have to dress up. You can just come in. You can show up. And go through the motions and be lost. The Holy Spirit, God, Christ changes everything. When we trust Christ, we don't continue on our path. He changes everything. Everything is new. You receive power when the Holy Spirit to come upon you for one purpose. And that's to be His witness. Not to be a good person, not to have heaven, not because he loves me so much. He needed me in heaven. He needed one more angel in his choir. What are we talking about? We deserve death and hell and everything else. We deserve eternal separation and condemnation. We deserve the worst, but praise God, he gave us his best. Everything changes. There's no other name under heaven by which people are saved. 